Welcome to the Lost Info Podcast. This is Keeping You Awake, Jake. And always with me is my main man from the West Coast. Westside Duncan, what up? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just, um, you know, still still chilling in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's not a lot of sight in the future of that lifting, or if it does... Not back to any kind of norm that we're used to. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like there are certain states uh, that are kind of started. I mean, not. I'm not saying that they necessarily should, but I. There are some states that seem like they're going back to normal a bit. Uh, but but I live in Los Angeles, and so yeah. it may be it may be a few years. Well, and the thing is, I, I the the part that I find confusing is that we have a split decision on half the states wanting to do one thing and half wanting to do the other. If they're, oh, if this really is to the point of what they say it is, I think we all should be on the same page and agreeing on what we should do together instead of separately. And especially in between um, the Midwest and the, and the East coast and the West coast. If you have yeah. states right next to each other doing two different things, the outcome's going to be the same no matter what. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the things that make this country beautiful are also some uh, have they fall into the same categories of some of the challenges that we're currently having as well. Because, you know, when you have these very, you know, you have 50 states and, you know, the majority of those, um, you know, 48 of them are, are connected to each other, um, you know, and they're all doing individually their own thing it does make it difficult for, um, you know, keeping that under wraps because... Uh, So if you didn't know, this case file is a guest file, and um, we're going to name it The the Awakening, uh, The Great Awakening. And uh, I'm going to introduce our guest, which we are very happy to provide to our guests. Um, So if you don't have anything else, Duncan, I'm going to introduce... I'm super excited. All right. With no further ado, she has been an educator for 35 years. She's worked with children, adults. She's a music teacher and a voice teacher for 22 years, also a life coach. She has taught in multiple settings, public, private, and also religious. She is battling the world of manipulators and deceivers in the effort to be an eye-opener and a guide to the Great Awakening, a spiritual warrior and seeker of knowledge, a finder of information, Liz Meyer. Hello. Hi. Wow. How are you? That, that was, was a heck of an introduction, my goodness. I, I tried to provide uh, the, the guests that are bringing their knowledge along with us with, with the m- utmost respect. I hope that I could do well, that. Thank you. That was awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Liz, I, I guess where we where we want to jump off from this is maybe you could just give us a little bit of your background and um, and basically how you've become in the position that you're in. Uh, that's the best way to start everything off. Well, um, just like everybody, I, I suppose I was, uh, you know, did the normal thing, went to school, got married, had kids. Um, and then, you know, when you have children, a lot of times you are challenged in ways that um, make you face things that 
perhaps they're avoiding, perhaps she didn't know they were there. Um, and so one of my children had severe, severe ADHD and, um, it was a challenge in many ways, especially in the educational system. And, um, it got to be very, very difficult, you know, in the third grade, especially. So, um, you know, seeking other ways to deal with things other than, um, at that point, what doctors would do would be prescribe medication to calm them down. But for a lot of kids, it kind of, um, had them check out and, um, at that point, too, they didn't know the long-term effect of what they would be getting um, on their brains. And I was not interested in going down that route if it was not necessary. Um, and so at that point, I had been um, in touch with a chiropractor that my, my mother had sent me to because um, the Western medicine wasn't giving her any answers to help her find out what was wrong. And this chiropractor nutrition person um his name is Dr. O'Brien, who is actually down here in San Diego now, in the West Coast. Um, he turned my mom's life around with all of that. So um, she felt that he would also be able to help my son, um, and he did. So and what happened was there was a person he turned me on to for another child of mine who um, was born with a head that had, I guess if you looked at an aerial view, it looked a little bit misshapen. So that... Um, took me on a different journey where he sent us to someone who did cranial sacral massage therapy, which I had never heard of before at that point. Wow. And um, so it turns out this woman had uh, been a massage therapist for many, many years, but had studied at the John Upledger Institute in Florida. And um, she worked with her hands. And, and the best way he could describe it was there's energy that goes through her hands and she can tell what's going on in the body without any, you know, machines or anything. Um, and could tell where there's blocks in the fluid, blocks of the plates in the head, because that's where he had wanted her to focus because he would hit his head on everything. Um, and it's very difficult to watch your child do that every night, right? Bang it over and over and over again into the, the headboard. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he worked with her and within, and he also was not speaking at this point either. And so, um, how, how was, old was he at this point? Two. He was two. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we, um, so the woman, her name is Pandora and unfortunately, unfortunately she's no longer with us, but, um, she did work on him. And within three weeks he started talking and by the fourth week he had already stopped banging his head. And he had been banging his head like literally every day, everywhere he went. When you, be. when you say spiritual work, was it? More of like a hypnotist getting into his mind or? No, like, it, you know, it was interesting because at this point in time, I had no idea what quote unquote energy work was. Um, and what she did was she could literally feel through her hands. And there's a, in, in the John Uplitcher Institute, what they do in Florida is they, they also work with the dolphins because the dolphins were able to, um, and they came freely. They were not in captivity. So what would happen is the, whoever the traumatic, whoever went through the trauma, whether it was like a car accident, whether somebody was born with an issue, they would be put in the water with the dolphins and the dolphins, their sonic energy is like 60 times more powerful and what they can give you in the hospital I've and heard so that. what it yeah and there's machines now that can show you all the different things that is going on in the energetic bodies around a person not just the physical body um and so the dolphins do that and then when they come out of the water the cranial sacral massage therapists then work on them to continue 
um, moving the energy out and to help. There's a lot of people that, um, you know, maybe in six months they need to come back and do it again, but some are permanently healed. Um, so she studied there, and what they, it, it's, it's kind of, weird if you haven't experienced it before because it's hard to put it in words. I had watched her work with my son putting her hands, just it's hovering above, you know, wherever you know the issues were that she felt he had from his cranium to the sacrum and um, it was like after she worked on him, he didn't look like he was in pain because he really was experiencing a great deal of pain, which is why he would hit his head on everything. He would get like two, three teeth at a time and he would never complain. He would never cry like the other kids did. Um, so because he was just so used to this immense pain. So when she took that away, it was like you could see the calm in him after she was done working on him. There was one point where, because again, he's two years old, so you know, you're following around trying to get him to do anything to not move. So um, basically, he um, kind of was done with whatever she was giving him. And I had bronchitis at that time. So she's like, well, do you want me to work on you the rest of the time? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that was the first time I experienced energy work. And again, it's it's a very challenging thing to describe because um, I felt a ton better when I left there. I could breathe much better. I had stopped coughing, and um, I could understand better why my son was doing so much better after she had worked on him, even though it's like her hands are hovering. She's not pulling on anything. She's not doing. It's just literally hovering, and there's energy going from her hands to where it needs to be. She moved the plates in his head. Now, mind you, this is without surgery, okay? He no longer had the back of his head look like it lopped off and the front right side protruded. After a period of four so, months, I'm sorry to cut it you rounded off. out his cranium. I was sorry to cut you off. Was, was this no, after uh, MRI or whatever that you could see the difference after that or... You physically saw the difference in his head because okay. it was not mis it was not misshapen. Okay. Okay. Um, because literally, if if you took an aerial view, it literally looked like somebody cut off the back right side of his head, okay. and then the front right side protruded. And so she rounded it out um, okay. to what it is today. So yeah. Okay. So that was you know it was astonishing to me because there was no surgery. There was no other equipment. It was just what she felt with the plates in his head when they were locked. She was able to move them through this energy in her hands. Again, I know it sounds crazy, but this was my introduction. No, yeah. And so right. she, after a few months, and she saw the struggle I was having with my other child, gave me this book called uh, The Indigo Children, The New Kids Are Coming. And when she had done that, I, I read it in a weekend. And I understood much better what was going on with my child because I had never been given this kind of information before, nor had I delved into it before. And come to find out, there's just a massive amount of information um, metaphysically. I know sometimes that puts people off when I say that word, but it's a it's a very interesting. Uh, topic and there was just such a wealth of information so it helped me to understand better about my son it helped me to um, I started to delve into energy work as well I did a Reiki thing and that was an opening so, for me and it kind of led you into the whole realm of what is possible that you probably weren't privy to before 
That is correct. And that helped me to help my child because I could start to understand more about what he was seeing. And then I asked questions that um, on that day after I had read the book, we were supposed to go to see that um, nutritionist chiropractor person again, Dr. O'Brien. And uh, before we left, I looked at him and I said, do you know that there is nothing wrong with you? And he looked at me with his big surprise because he is the kind of kid who can literally pick up on everything everybody's thinking and feeling um, in that moment, you know. And we always had a good rapport. I never thought there was anything wrong. I felt I didn't understand enough. And I wanted to understand him no matter what that meant. Did not understand that that would literally turn my life upside down. Everything that I was beginning to learn and what he knew and understood um, made me question everything I was taught, everything I believed. Um, and it was like a very, it, for me, it was an awakening. Um, it was difficult. <laughs> that was that was so beautifully said. Just that the way you said that was just like, it was beautiful. I, I want you to continue. I don't even mean, I was just, that's all I have to say, really. I just thought the way you said that was beautiful. Well, I also, I wanted to add something too, is I think that, uh, people are leery to look into that kind of that kind of healing, in a sense, because and the thing is, it's not weird when you say it. When you say it, because it's the first time you experience it, is weird to you. But yeah. we look back in history and we realize that in the Eastern world, way back when, thousands of years ago, that there's been shamans, there's been all kinds of spiritual healers that have yeah. succeeded in the things they've done they've done and then you come to the western world when it's all about scientific and medicine and trials and errors and and substances that typically don't work for the most part we we just don't understand what the old world had to offer and we just rule it out yeah. and then we don't even give it any credibility yet it had been working way before the western world was developed so that part I, I, to me is not weird i think that we just don't understand. Absolutely. I, I think it's just become taboo. You know, it, yeah. it, in this world of ours, it has become taboo. And I, when I look at that, I look at how it being taboo also can take away people's power. Because what mm. it, the work really does is it, it makes you go inside and right. makes yeah. you look at you. It makes you deal with you. It makes you listen to your inner information, you know, your, your gut, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, right? Your higher self. I mean, everybody has a higher different name for probably, what this would be. Higher self is probably you know? the best explanation of that. And yeah. so how many times are we not, uh, are we told by either family, either the educational system, either, you know, our work situation, whatever, that what you think, no, 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 this is what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens. sacrifice That happens yourself. a lot. And honestly, the, the one thing that I want to kind of stress is that when we look at it from the point of view as the new Western world and the medicine and whatever else, they tell you that this is just taboo or this is not possible because this doesn't have any substance that goes in and fixes the problem or uh, technical equipment. And that I don't really believe because it's the same thing they did with, you know, just like saying the word conspiracy. When you look into a topic and you're going down this road of all these things lining up, they kind of veer you off with this is conspiracy. Don't look into this or this is taboo and this isn't 
this isn't legit. However, it the only reason they do that is for their own agenda, which I hate to bring it into this, but pharmaceuticals, same way. And in this world, especially that we live in now, it's to veer you away from old teachings and things that might work to we'll profit off this if we do a trial and error on what we provide you and what we tell you is possible. Well, I mean, just as someone who loves history, I, I mean, just piggybacking off of that momentarily, I think that, I mean, even with like ancient Egypt, which when we talked about the pyramids, we kind of dived into this conversation. There's been a lot of information, although we are continuously evolving, there has been a lot of information that has been suppressed for whatever reason. But I mean, I think it's personally, I think it's hard to believe that you look at the pyramids that we still can't even explain how specifically placed that they were. Yet we're like, oh yeah, like it happened. Like I mean, there's just well, no, like we're we're quick to rule out everything other than the agenda that is told by what are called scientists, but they're all programmed in the universities and every education center that we've created so yeah when it doesn't go with what they say has been created up until now and their timeline that they give it, it doesn't mean much well people see what they want to see absolutely so liz um so when you got to this point of kind of becoming a little bit more understanding of how the energy and spiritual healing could work and actually the thing about dolphins is they're a majestic creature. They're mysterious. Yeah. They're very knowledgeable. Yes, they don't have um, societies and, and technical advancements and, and communities and all that other stuff and vehicles. That and they, they can... do rape. They do rape. Well, they what? They rape sometimes. <laughs> they, like do, they do like group rapes sometimes. Well, uh... <laughs> which you don't see that often in... Well, I'm just, yeah, their thought process is a lot different than other mammals, but I, I would say, and, and I think most have came to that conclusion, they're one of the smartest mammals other than humanoids, but obviously they have <laughs> a different understanding of, of, human, of, of just this world and the universe because I've heard a lot of things about dolphins, even in captivity, the trainers that have dealt with them. They come out with a whole different understanding of this creature, which just like, you know... Ones that are maybe not as uh, intelligent. Horses, horse trainers do the same thing. They come out and talk about the very essence of their spiritual connection to them and that it's it's definitely not what we view as intelligent creatures. But, you know, when we gauge that, it's uh, it's not necessarily based on what we've accomplished more than what, what their actual, you know, connection to the universe is. Right, and their natural knowing of, you know, who and what needs healing and just yeah. really coming to take care of it. And and the thing is that, and I know I forgot to mention, this is when I, I told my son, you know, after I read that book, The Indigo Children, The New Kids Are Coming, I said to him, I said, um, when I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with you, and he looked at me in surprise, and I said, um, you know, some of these kids can even see colors around people. Like there was me going, okay, and like no, and I'm like, okay. So then we started to go through what the different colors mean as people were walking down the street, and then we passed a cemetery so that. You're talking, about, we, you're talking about auras, we, right? Like the, I am talking about the org. Yes, okay. I mean, I, I granted, you know, when you're dealing with the auras around a body, and now there are machines that um, are able to show us these. Yeah. So when the 
the book had talked about that some of these children saw colors around people. I said this to, to my son. And he said, oh, I can do that, can't you? He literally yeah. looked at me. And this has been an assumption. At this point, he was nine years old. I had not known the kinds of information he had access to. And this would make sense why he had a difficult time focusing. So then I asked, after we passed the cemetery where my grandparents were buried and, and my grandmother had passed kind of recently, maybe like two, three years. And I said, so can you see the colors of people who already passed away? And so he says to me that, oh, this time, oh, she's blue. She's uh, going to be a boy this time. And I'm like, I had never spoken to him about reincarnation, about anything mm-hmm. metaphysical whatsoever. And he's starting to talk like this, and I'm going, what's going on? So then uh, we had gone to the appointment with the chiropractor, and the way back home, I, I was asking other questions. I'm like, okay, so can you see, you know, other lifetimes? Can you see other? So then he would start to tell me about other lifetimes I've had, if I was married or not, what country I lived in, how many children I had, if I was divorced wow. or not, what did I bring from that lifetime into this lifetime? I was like, dumbstruck. I, I, you know what I mean? I mean, here I am from a, a family of immigrants from the old country, you know, who made it through World War II, who made it here. I'm first generation American. I was, you know, raised in old country values, uh, a staunch Catholic, uh, you know, all these. And here I have a son telling me these things. So that, it that's really pretty, discom- uh, yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty mind blowing. Um, yeah. Just oh, yeah. Be, just because, uh, you know, when you think about it, I, and honestly, you get this from a lot of stories that children in particular are a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit more sensitive to the veil of what our reality is or what we understand is our reality, that they can actually peer through it just a tad bit better than adults that have been programmed to not believe it. I know. If if a little kid ever like anytime a little kid says they have an imaginary friend i'm like yeah you do <laughs> like you know i mean well yeah you you i actually was more inclined to believe it the more research that i've done in my later life realizing that all these stories that come from uh, a youth point of view has more pinpointed some of the things that we just can't even fathom so i yeah. i think that that is awesome so do you think that maybe um she was indigo child is that what you said well, at that point, um, there was um, Jen Tober and Lee Carroll had written a book called The Indigo Children, The New Kids Are Coming. Yeah. and um, Which are the same really as the Star only, Seeds, right? The only, okay, so at that point in time, that is the only thing that was out there. And then what started to happen was, it, so it, it dealt with the, in the orc field, the indigo color starting to show up. Now, mind you, there's a lot of different layers to the orc fields, and there's there's a lot going on there. So that would be like a whole other thing. But the bottom line is, at that point, that was the only book that was written about it. Okay. Um, and it was later on, after they started to see some other colors come in. So then they talked about rainbow children, and then they talked about crystal children, and then they talked about in the star seeds, and they talked about, you know, so there's all these various things happening, all these children coming with this, this different information. Uh, in your opinion, are those different, or are those in the same category, but just deemed different They all have time? different, in my understanding, and what I've seen is they had different jobs. 
So you had the children that came in and you had such a surge of ADD and ADHD at that point in time. So what did we do? We shut them up with medication, right? So then Mm -hmm. people didn't listen, right? So what happens then? Then comes autism. There was a spike in those times, by the way, which... And it it has not stopped and it continues to and the schools are not ready to handle what is going on with that because there's so many plus what is society what are they going to do in society when they like are at 22 or something they no longer get funding in the state you know especially those that are really far on the spectrum so anyway we didn't listen so now it's no longer they were there to fight to say hey it's time to wake up and we have to change we have to change how we treat ourselves, how we treat each other, how we treat the planet. Mm-hmm. We cannot be a, you know, it's all about the money because it's not. Yep. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that money. is uh, the way everything is geared. I, in particular, was very, I would say, interested in autism. People that I've just met that I, they said they had autism and whatever else, like there's something that's me that's drawn to them because – to me, it seems like you see a lot of these stories of kids with autism that are very, very talented in a very specific region of their brain. And then, you you know, and it varies. But then, you know, the rest of them, their social awkwardness or whatever it is, people are like, oh, well, you know, they just had, you know, and deem it autism and kind of rule these individuals in our society out. But to me, I think that they they offer something way more valuable than people give them credit for because they're they're basically honed in on one part of the brain and and maybe it's an indigo child, maybe it's a star seed, maybe it's a crystal child, but whatever their job was here on this planet is very precise. And I've always been drawn to autistic kids because I just I want to know. And I don't know that I could find that, but I still have been drawn to talk to them and figure out like what makes you click you know and uh well it's very different for everyone you know and that's the part of it that they just they interact with the world differently they the the what we consider important is not necessarily important in their world and there's this connection they might have with their surroundings that um that we don't deem as we as like I'm talking about the collective don't deem as important or they're broken or there's something wrong or they're, but the, the issue is that there's not an understanding. Right. And there's not uh, an emphasis put on that. What they know and understand is important. Children on the spectrum are hypersensitive. I mean, as are people who are, you know, a lot of the ADD, ADHD, um, so much so that they can literally, it, when they, the other person is hurting, even if it's not something they're showing on the surface, they could literally be in pain from it. And people don't understand either, you know, where it literally hurts to have somebody come into the room because of what they're feeling from their energy. And that pain is very challenging for them to um, move through because they kind of take it on like their own. Well, There's so much that is not, you know, talked about in that regard. Um, well, I was going to say, I think you can, if you, if you actually pay attention and you're not just ruling them out as not capable of interacting with society like, you know, other people, I think that's very prevalent to see that they're very sensitive to areas that that most are not. To me, personally, I think that the areas that we need to focus on are the areas that they're very talented and evolved in that 
others are not. Like if you see, there was a guy I think on um, America's Got Talent or whatever else that played the piano and sung, but he, you could tell he got into a world. And in that world of music and vibration and sound and and what the message he was trying to um, achieve, America's Got Talent gave him the platform to do that. It touched everybody in that stadium. So yeah. we, I, I think, oftentimes don't. Um, uh, people, when we approach something new, a lot of people don't necessarily ask, "What can I learn from this?" And I think that that is always an an important thing to do is like we see who fits into our society from a way that we choose to well, view our society benefits the yeah and, and has, in has, the society we're in that is driven towards money and cooperations and paying taxes and working jobs and going and doing your own thing and yeah. that that society doesn't have a place for people that are more are more sensitive and evolved in positions of, of humanity growth and i i believe well, that those are the the star seeds the indigo child and i think that autism and all that falls into it because there was a huge spike when they said that there was a huge rise in beings coming from and I, I know a lot of people don't agree with a lot of this, but beings coming from another place, your soul doesn't die. I think a lot of people believe that you move on to another place as far as their religions and what they're told. But if you've really studied yourself, people around you, you know that when people say, yeah, he's an old soul, it's, it's a saying because it's a real thing. It's because something about them shows experience and knowledge of the past or beyond i and when, definitely when believe that's true this, when you and i have talked about this before jake about you know just the ideas and whatnot of reincarnation and, and etc it's it's always been hard for me even though that wasn't the environment i grew up in i mean growing up i don't think i ever knew anybody that was would be cool with the idea of reincarnation i mean growing up in oklahoma I, you know it's I, that's not even something you would talk about, you know, and um, it's funny because as I got older, I just had so many experiences with my own life and also just seeing people. I mean, I remember even as a kid, like just feeling I was like, gosh, I know this person like well, the first time I ever meet them. And it, in some form or another, whether it be energetically, whether it be other dimensions, whether it be, you know, our energy is, and we see it even just in nature, the, what is right in front of us, it is always, you know, something dies, it goes into the ground, and it is a part of coming back as something else. And we see that throughout all of our existence, yet we, there's so many people that are just completely well, shut and, off. And the programming, I've talked about this with some of my family members, they're talking about their funeral and whatever else. We put so much emphasis on how much money for the casket and the plots and whatever else to put a carcass in the, I hate to say it that oh, way, but a carcass in the ground. But we're not talking, we're not thinking about where that life goes, where that energy field goes to the next place or gets reincarnated to another place. Talks about people that can remember this past life, which they're, which they're not supposed to. And they do, yeah. and and that gives uh, a little bit of grit and, and evidence that something else is going on, and, and it becomes it becomes a strange factor. But it's definitely a topic that needs to be talked about. Liz, let me let me let's get us back to you on 
So after all this with your son, did that lead you into studying more about the spiritual realm and the healing and the understanding of the soul? It, it's like a whole other lifetime of of delving into it um, and literally in in some ways living from a different trajectory because it was like from that that vantage point everything changed because with this information um, it helps you to understand what's going on within you right um, and the ultimate reason that I believe that they're all here is that we have really lost the essence of what love actually is because it's become love with conditions. Um, and, and that includes how we've treated ourselves, you know. And, you know, when you deal with, say, for instance, you know, I have friends that have children that are severely on, on the spectrum and, and you watch how they do physical harm to themselves and around, you can see the pain, you can see, you know, it takes unconditional love to stay in that space and be able to day in, day out, 24-7, be there and show up without judgment um, for a child. You know? Absolutely. And it brings you to a different place because you, you have to learn how to not fight yourself. You have to learn um, how to be, be present and because if there's a fight within you about anything, you will then have it show up to you in another way and it's going to be challenging to stay centered and to be present and to make a, a, an optimal decision if you're in a reactive state right yeah, absolutely and so that that's a much more severe thing 24 7 than what we normally deal with and so those people are kind of pushed to that situation in everyday life like say the situation we are in now you know we, we as a whole have not been necessarily paying attention to um, what's going on in the world, what's going on in our inner world, and now we have so much time, you know, for many by themselves. And what do you do in this situation? It can be lonely, it can be depressing, it can be a time of great fear, but th there are other things going on. Mm -hmm. And when you delve into What's really happening right now? How am I going to show up after this is done? Who am I going to be? What am I going to do in the world to be a steward for, say, the planet? Mm -hmm. Say, for other human beings? How, how do you stand actually for yourself? Maybe that's something somebody hasn't done. Love yeah. and unity. You know, we're not going to get anywhere by fighting. Everybody always talks about fighting. And uh, in this world we've, of we've polarity, built this, as you say, we built duality, this war or this world on war and um, divide. And it's basically the greed, you know, they say greed um, conquers all and it's the root of all evil, which I think the greed leads to power and control and the power and control leads to that and what you're saying. And I, to what I'm getting from you is the great awakening that we were talking about. It comes back to understanding oneself and, and then in a lot of different stories throughout humanity, it ultimately comes back to the, the answer is love. And the ultimate love that you speak of is that that part comes back to not just understanding love in the universe, but understanding the love for yourself 
And maybe it's the guilt of the past lives that you've had that you don't think that you're capable or worth whatever you may think, and then you kind of go along with the norm. But it's it's understanding yourself well, and loving yourself and then understanding that love will bring us back to the understanding of who we are. Well, on that point, I'm curious, since we've mentioned it a couple times, like, you know, reincarnation or various things like that, Liz, what do you um, – what do you think uh, perhaps we bring into this lifetime? Do you think that everyone has experienced other lifetimes uh, that are currently living right now? Or what do you, how, do, how do you perceive that playing out into um, what is happening currently? Well, you know, I... When I first started all this stuff, I didn't know how I felt about that. That was one of the things that was challenged within me. Um, and through the years of, you know, this this work I've done and, and life coaching and, and all that, as I work with people and myself, um, there are other points in time that can hold us captive, that can create the buttons that we react to, that can keep us stuck no matter how much we are trying to get out. So, I, you know, the people who are not believing in other lifetimes, that's fine. You know, it's like being open to other points in time. Sometimes it's just words that are being used and can be off-putting, you know. Um, yeah. Who, whatever people believe in terms of that is, um, is exactly what's beautiful for them. And the, the important thing is to... I think be in a space of being aware that we ourselves are part of the whole, right? We can't be um, a unit, you know, say humanity of the earth. We can't be one if we are not treating ourselves as part of that one, okay? So as we learn to go inside and we learn to love ourselves, now that's a process. Okay, if you're the kind of person where that didn't happen for a majority of your life, it's a lot to shift into being able to do that. It is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. And it's okay because it really is about the journey and, and that you're in the process of. And it's very important also to live the way our world is structured. Everything is about a schedule. Everything is about, you know, um, the... This has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen, as opposed to what does it feel is optimal right now, right? Our world isn't set up for that. And mm-hmm. so this time is giving us that opportunity to be more present to what are we feeling right now? What do we need? Mm-hmm. Maybe something transpired that you don't even know what happened and something blew up. And maybe you just need some time to let that process and let the dust settle so you can pick up those pieces when you're ready. So you might need to do nothing. You might yeah. need to like spend hours or days on a video game. God, thank God for Animal Crossing, right? Um, mm. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's things like that that if people understand that it's okay, whatever they're going through is okay. They need to meet themselves where they are, however yeah. they believe, however they, everything is still possible. Yeah. And that that I think is really important. Um, uh, that's a great understand. point. That's a really great point. I mean, even within this whole coronavirus quarantine thing, like even for myself, I've had to catch myself at times 
being like, I mean, because I know there's there's obviously things that we are all feeling and, and doubts that we all are having and questions and and you know I'm feeling that too. But my automatic like survival instinct was create. You know, you got to create. You got to make. You got to make make shit happen. You know, and it was like almost avoiding the the forced slowdown that I had been yearning for for a um a long time I mean and it's it's one of those things where you when you have that and and we are able to look and take this time to see things that perhaps we didn't see before or explore things we didn't maybe you know even notice before that is alive within ourselves and i think that we this is this is the perfect opportunity in our in our human human history to to do that in a collective way and I, i mean and i've mentioned this before in other episodes but like um the the power of the internet is astronomical because I mean, although I do believe that we are all connected already, um, and I believe that we can communicate with or without technology, personally, um, but uh, that being said, uh, with technology in place, we have a very, very direct way to connect with the rest of the world that we have never had before. And there have been a lot of powers that be um, in various places across the world that have strived to suppress knowledge, have strived to suppress uh, human connection, have strived to um, un, you know push away our understanding of, of um, the collective and the the one like I mean look at there throughout hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years probably uh, there has almost always been a war taking place somewhere in the world and it's really hard to imagine that in 2020 we are still in those mindsets we are still living in such an energy of like negativity and hate and judgment and like those those are things that need to come to to die this year those things need to die you know that that thing those those energies need to be eradicated from our society because we are living in a pivotal time where there are millions of people that are home right now and they are reflecting upon their life and it's the first time ever that we have across the world this way to communicate with each other um, so clearly and so directly. And if you go on, you know, things like TikTok and YouTube and all these things, I mean, just within the last five to ten years, there was such an array of various information and various resources of people, um, you know, speaking their truth in whatever capacity that may be and we can get on you know and that's how you know we end up having a lot of these conversations that we have on this podcast is because of 
the access that we have to knowledge and the access that we have to historical artifacts that we never had before. And I think that if we truly examine those things and we truly look at all of that stuff, it points, uh, I think, very clearly to at least be open-minded to the fact that there is something bigger than us taking place. You know, there is something um, that we perhaps are a part of. Like, I don't, I don't, I, it's very hard for me to, to believe that anyone can look at life as a whole and believe that to be a complete and utter accident. I, um, I think that what, what you're saying, it, 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 uh, it's home with me because no matter what, if people want to believe in the conspiracy of what's going on or what this world is doing right now and we're confused and this and that, this time is very privileged to just being information, being open, that we can still talk freely and say what we want to say and communicate with each other to get an understanding amongst the people instead of the media and whatever else that's been driven. And before you know, this day and age, it was just what is getting driven in your newspapers, whatever else, what your politicians are telling you. So this part does become very important because I think it is a time of awakening because not only are you getting in, in this in particular pandemic a time to reflect on yourself and who you are with your family and who you are as a person, but you get to reflect on where do I come out at the end of this and what do I want to do knowing that this is possible that this becomes a way larger scale of pandemic that we don't get to see anybody out in the public. And maybe it all has to be over online podcasts, YouTubes, TikToks, whatever else. It almost becomes like a battle of the social media, all the bad and stupid pranks and all this, all this and that that's fun and, and dandy that people are getting famous off. But it also becomes maybe this is a way of life that comes out that we can talk to each other, communicate with each other, and understand where we want to be at the end of this. And I think that there's a lot of silver lining in this if you take it. Well, at, at the end of the day, we're all human. And we need to remember that we're all human. And we need to remember to look for um, you know, what is reflective in someone else's um, you know, where, where do I see myself in other people's lives? You know, when I look in somebody's eyes, what is, um, you know, what is it that I see reflected back on, on my own life that I can examine and I can, and feel, and I can, ex I can see that connection not only between us, but also within deeper parts of myself that I haven't yet perhaps explored. Absolutely. I really think that for me personally, it seems like this is such a time of bringing people's personal empowerment back, you know, with what society, what education, what government, whatever they deem as important and doesn't resonate with a person, you know, how many things do we do in life that we do because either we were told this would be the best way to go and we took it on as our own belief system, we're doing things that don't necessarily resonate with us, but we feel like we have to because we're trapped um, and maybe in a, you know, um, or maybe we're so afraid to step into what we really feel we are to be doing um, because of, you know, well, what will happen then if I do that? Because then I'm going against what so-and-so would say or what they would say. You know, there's a lot of um, fear around that kind of, of thing, too, you know. Yeah. And, 
everything, the infrastructure of how everything works is to kind of keep people in their place, if you will. Mm. Um, And it's a time where to bring people's power back to themselves. It's really, I think people miss that. I think people miss that when they listen to the media and they listen to all this. They're like, Oh, we should do this. We should do that. And you know, even in this case, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and be the one that, uh, you know, don't believe in COVID. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but what they're telling us is exactly what they want us to do without uh, adequate testing, uh, inaccurate information, inaccurate, inaccurate uh, false positive tests, everything else. They're telling us this is exactly what it is, but you're getting this from information of people that have never been trusted prior to this. So, Regardless of you can do your own protection, stay home, be safe, keep safe distancing until this kind of, you know, dies down, whatever it is, that's fine. But I agree. It's that we need to get to a point where people are thinking for themselves, researching and pound search it for yourself and figure out exactly what you believe the situation is and then work on it from there. Now, whether you take the the suggestions and self distance and stay home and take precautions that's not the problem the problem is where do we go from here do we just keep listening to what they're saying or do we take this as uh indication we need to start doing it for ourselves well and in so many different layers as well because we can you know we can look at that from a you know a very direct like a financial standpoint the way our our governments handle things you know, whether it be with health insurance or, you know, what have you. We can look at it from a very literal, right in front of us standpoint, but we also need to look at it from a internal standpoint about what does this mean for, what does this mean right now for me? What does this mean for the people in my life? What does this mean for the world as a whole? And can, and, and what, I mean, one of the most important questions that anybody can ask themselves if they're humble enough to do so, it's just, what can I learn? What can I learn here? What can I, there's always what lessons. Can I, what, what can I take in from this moment? And like, it's, I mean, that, that element of humility is, is just so important for us to be able to just get there so that we can ask ourselves those questions. And once you're willing to do that, it takes you on a journey that is, um, unexpected to say the least. And it is always, you got to always check the ego. And it's, I mean, I struggle with it. Everyone struggles sure, with every, it. In, everybody does. Everybody definitely struggles capacity. with the ego. That's just humanity. Yeah. Liz, I don't, I don't want to uh, take this away from you. So I, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but okay. I, <laughs> I hope you don't mind. Uh, but I want to dig deep down in your spiritual awakening and like your personal taking from what you've learned to where you're at. And like, so, I mean, I guess when I say that, I'm, I'm saying, do you um, have regression therapies that's maybe happened to you or understandings of where you came from or understandings of where, what your purpose is on this planet and specifically you in particular, since you are our guest that we are happy to have you on, I want to hear from somebody that's been practicing 
that nature of things to maybe a little bit more of your personal experiences? Sure. Um, you know, one thing that was really huge for me along this journey of addressing my buttons, if you will, you know what I mean? Because w those are really a clue to you of where you might be stuck, um, what kinds of thought patterns are holding you in a position. Um, and judgment was huge, you know, and I didn't even realize how much I judged other people, the way things look, the way I look, you know, I would judge myself, I would judge other people, I would judge what they were judging about me, oh my God, it just goes around and around and around in a circle, right? And so that has been the hugest change of, of all the things that I have addressed because when, when we step out of the lens of the judgment, because where does judgment come from? Judgment and discernment are two different things. Okay? Judgment has an emotional charge and discernment does not. So I used to live a life where there was a lot of drama. Mm. I didn't even realize I created the drama. Other people then would also because it was in me. So it just it kind of came back to me. You know how that kind of works, right? Yeah. What's within you gets mirrored back to you and yeah. the world around you. Um, I was a person who was um, a perfectionist because I always felt not good enough. Um, I was um, I had beliefs like if I don't do it, it won't get done. If I don't do it, it won't be done well enough. If I, you know, all these kinds of things. And they all stem from the main thing, which is that I am enough. And also that, you know, it's, it, I need to love myself. I also need to stop being at war with myself. Because if you continue the war, it's going to show up in the outer world. It's going to mirror it back to you. Always. Always, always, always. Same thing with judgment. And as I've gone on this journey of, of that, not that I'm 100% of the time without judgment, I really do my best to stay out of it. And that's why I'm saying whatever people believe and whatever works for them is perfect because we all have our different journeys and we all come from different perspectives for a reason. And so, you know, for me too, I have found a life that is, I, I don't run into the issues with people like I used to. I don't have, I, I'm much better with coming from a place of being in the other person's shoes because of my, um, the, I'm much more in tune with what I'm feeling, with what people around me are feeling. And I've listened to my intuition about what I need, what other people might need. I've, you know, people will trust me with information that they've never told anyone. And they just met me. But it's because on some level they feel that it's safe to do that. Now, if I didn't do that within myself, that's not something they would do with me, right? So that's probably been the most important, those two things, to get out of the judgment and to really um, love the self. And that's still something that is, you know, it's a more recent that I've come to more terms with that. And it's, and I've been working on that for like, what? Almost 19 years now. <laughs> Because it's not, there are so many levels to what that means, yeah. especially in a world where we have fear, 
everywhere, where there's judgment everywhere, where you have marketing and what's cool and what's not cool, and you have to look younger, and you have to look this way, and you got to wear these clothes, and you have to blah, 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 blah. And this point in time, does any of that matter? Mm. No, because what's important, going inside. So getting back in touch with who you are. Uh, one yeah. thing that I've gathered, obviously, I just listening to you. I, I believe your your son is um, position indigo child star seed. I believe that he's one of them. Uh, I would like to think that I'm one of them, only because I hope that I'm trying to change humanity for the best too. But do you believe that you were sent here for a, a certain purpose, based on your experiences? Yeah, and just, just to piggyback off of that, just real quick about toward you, Liz, kind of a, another layer of that question. I was, I'm curious if you believe that you were, you know, you were, were you placed here uh, to fulfill that's, uh, you know, a specific position or purpose or, you know, what have you, or do you believe that you, um, you revealed a part of yourself that is also within everyone else? You know, is it, I mean, do you think some people are specifically placed here, or do you think that it is all collective and people just choose to reveal it or not? Um, okay, there's a couple layers to that question. So, <laughs> well, there was two I from, believe, there was one from Duncan and, and let's me. See if I can, <laughs> and I can see if I can remember them all. I believe every single person is here for a purpose. There is not one person, no matter if it's somebody who's lost all hope and is living in the gutter, I believe that everyone has a purpose and that purpose can be, you know, making a difference in one person's life. It can be a person that will make a planetary difference, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter the size of that. The whole point is the, the importance of that purpose because it's this tapestry that we've all woven. If we do come from the standpoint that we are all connected, that we are all one, everything we do, even for one, and if it's all because it's coming from that place of love. If you know, if it's if it's in integrity, if it if it's in alignment with your your higher self, your soul's purpose, your heart, however you yeah. word what that is, everyone has that. Everyone. It doesn't matter how much other people judge someone that they're a loser, that they're worthless, that they'll never amount to anything. A lot of times, the people who are the black sheep in the family. Those are the ones that hold the most light mm-hmm. because they're the ones who literally are taking all the blows for all the people around them who don't understand what they're even doing. But they're strong enough to handle it, even though in the, mom- in the moment of going through that, it's traumatic. Um, and so um, <sighs> there, but there is always choice. You know, you know, when you're younger and you're within a home and there's only certain things that can happen, because of your age, because of, you know, financial situations, because of, you know, there's any number of things. We can still always choose again, especially when we, we get a little bit older, understand the world a little bit differently because of our experiences, um, and we might be able to have more autonomy. So we always have the option to choose something different so yep. that we can have another outcome. A lot of people, though, choose the same because even though they may not like it, they know how to navigate through it. Mimi, made me tear up, Liz. That was it's very true. Yeah, it's very. True. Um, I, I guess my my question that that was that was answering the the wide range of uh, all the gauntlet of questions we threw at you. Um, but like in particular, I guess I'll, I'll speak on my behalf. So 
I don't know much about. I've never done an age regression. I've never done any of that. The the being I think I am, I I would like to think that I and I've came to my own conclusion on studying. And I, and I know people are going to give me a lot of shit. The Lost Info Podcast at Gmail dot com. You can you can comment, but uh, I've always thought that I was a star seed from, you know, and I like to think Pleiotene star system that I came as you know what a star seed actually is is that you volunteer to come in to help this planet Earth um, progress in a better way and give information and spread information. I've always done similar type of things, you know. All the way back from when I was a kid, I started a nonprofit, and I just tried to do the right thing and, and and project a certain persona that I have about me. So with that being said, I was wondering, do you believe or have you, I don't know if you've done an age regression, or do you believe in anything of that nature, you coming from a place of your understanding or an age regression that, that maybe gave you a little bit more insight on what you're doing here and your perspective on how you are trying to bring forth the greater awakening. Yes. Um, well, you know, in the early years of all of this, cause this is, this is a journey I've taken for the last 19 years. Um, my, my first experience being, you know, with Reiki and then it was a big portal of information that I didn't understand what I was seeing. And it took me about three years to find a place where I could start taking classes. Turns out, you know, over taking classes for a while, uh, realizing that I had already been doing five different, what other people want to call modalities, um, but my way, and that I had other stuff, and then when I worked with people, things would just come through naturally. Um, I had realized that there's a lot that's labeled from people, you know, then to, to create the money for it, but no one can own the source of this energy. Um, no one can because it is just true creation. That being said, through all those modalities and all those things I've done, yes, I've done past life regression, I've done, you know, DNA theory healing, I've done Reiki, I've done, like, th there's a ton of things that, you know, are out there that I have done um, in my own way. And the, like I said, at the beginning when I went through this, I didn't know how I felt about other lifetimes, other dimensions, although that was something that my son had talked about when he was young and it kind of opened me up to something else. But until I started to work with myself and see that things that were holding me back now were from other points in time. And in order to step into what I needed to step into in this life, I needed to move through and come to peace with those things. You know, whether they believe or not that they kind of understand the concept. And, and so it, it really, you know, I'm, seems like it's far out for some people, but there's a lot of people that are in the awakening right now that understand uh, the coming of, you know, harvest moons and eclipses and everything else that transitions us into new phases. We all, I think that a lot of us don't understand that these star seeds and these indigo children and everybody else and everything else that's talked about in that is actually more likely than just, uh, you know, time doesn't explain it very well because we have 80 years. No, it doesn't. Yeah, our 80 years average on this planet kind of just says, well, this is what we're doing in our life. But that's a very small fraction if you're not looking at lineal time and where the soul has traveled and the lessons that it's gathered from everywhere else being that a star seed came in, in the theory, wiping its memory in order to 
relive an experience on this planet and give a better understanding just because of what your soul gathers and the experience your soul has in order to pass it on to this world. So I know that that's a lot for a lot of people to <laughs> undertake, but well, let me, let me help with that just a moment. Yeah, please so do. Please do. The thing is that, okay, there, there is a lot of information out there that can feel like it is so ridiculous. doesn't make any sense. And then people tune it out. So what I want to offer is this. I'm talking about what I have experienced. Now, again, this is for me and my journey and what my soul, my purpose is um, on earth this time around. And now, not everybody is going to be on board with all this stuff. And we have to remember that that is okay. It doesn't matter. What matters, what truly matters, is the inner transformation of us really and truly being infinite love. Not love with conditions for ourselves or for each other. Because literally the only thing that can heal anything is that. Because in love, there is understanding, there is compassion, there is empathy, there is caring, yeah. there is there is a different level. There is nothing to fight against. And we as humanity have been fighting. We've been fighting the inner fight and we've been fighting the outer fight. And we make this happen. We do this. Even when you say those words, you can feel in your body the discord that it brings to your being. Because it goes against the truth of who we are. It goes against our connection to whatever you call that, that higher power. Or maybe even if you're an atheist, then, then think about your higher self. Whatever is your verbiage is great. My journey is mine. Your journey is yours. I'm not here to convince anybody to do what I did to get here or to believe what I believe. That is not what it's about. Yeah. It is about remembering our connection and the truth of who we are. And that it is time for us to be done with the war and to put down the arms and to wave the white flag and put love into everything, light into everything. The dark cannot persist where the light is. Mm -hmm. The second you shine the light on it, it dissipates the strength of that darkness or that discord or that whatever you want to call that. That is what's truly important at this time. Helping people to remember that even though it seems that people are the ones that are giving us the money or not giving us the money, the truth is our connection within ourselves to universal law, infinite wisdom, infinite yeah. abundance, infinite you know love, that is our birthright. Everybody um, has the access to it, every single person. And what's happened is, in the world we live in, many have forgotten. It's already inside everyone. Everyone has the capability to do this. Now it's a matter of, if, if they don't remember how, to show them how, so that they can get into their power. They can decide what's best for their life. They can have that connection so that the creator, the higher self, the whatever, can, through you know the vehicles of other you know, entities bringing you the money, bringing you the opportunities, bringing you whatever it is. But it's that connection instead of the attachment to others. And that's draining. Whenever there's an attachment, it's draining. 
Mm-hmm. It's coming from the knowing inside. It's coming from that true source connection inside. That is the part that people may be missing. I don't think anybody can deny that there's something pulling at their soul saying, yeah. well, again, I mean, we, we've went into a lot of topics that touch on this religions, cults, whatever else that pull on the strings of people's souls on their purpose on exactly Basically, we all want to know where we came from, what we're doing, what we're trying to mm-hmm. achieve in the in the broader sense. And so that part is always manipulated by, again, religions, cults, whatever else you want to say. I want to know what you think about, um, like, Buddha and Jesus and various spiritual leaders throughout history and where they possibly came from. I'm just asking you that now because I don't want to forget it after you answer Jake's question. Let me just tell you really quickly that I feel that they are... Uh, reincarnations of the same energy mm. that came to the planet with that message again they did not come with divisiveness everything was more about again the 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 wisdom the inner wisdom yeah the peace the calm and you're only going to get there if you stop fighting yourself and you're going to get there when you love yeah. so all, so what i'm gathering from that is and this is the thing that you're going to have a lot of rebuttal on on the deities. Now, depending on what religion you believe in, one's right, one's wrong, but they all came with the same message, the all the same human yeah. story and understanding of come down to this world with the unperfect human, the person trying to yeah. shed themselves of a of a skin, so to speak, of bad or evil or imperfect, yeah. become a better individual and rise to a better ascending. Right. Well, I just I just want to say something just really quickly about this. I mean, even Jesus said, you know, whatever you do unto others, you are doing unto me. And I think that is that includes judgment. So when we look at other people, oftentimes we t- we take even that that phrase from the Bible into consideration, and and you know, and various religions have very similar you know, terminology, but that includes all aspects of the way that we perceive other people if it's not coming from a place of love. So if we're looking at these people with judgment, say you believe in Jesus, you are looking at this person in judgment, then Jesus is saying that that is what you are also doing to me. You're judging me. Whatever that is, Whatever is you're sending out to someone else, if it's not stemming from a place of love, it is not right. Anyway, that's all I have to say. I mean, I just wanted that. No, I, I agree. I agree. I just think that there's a big divide on if you're listening to this and, you know, say you're Christian, you're Buddhist, you, you're whatever religion you are, you're coming from your point of view rather than the whole picture. The yeah. whole picture is deities have came just like Liz had mentioned, and it's an energy saying this is the better way to be as a being. Shed yourself of the bad and the the corrupt and whatever you, the original sin, whatever you want to say, and then ascend yourself as a better being, I think is a collective humanity story over all the religions. Even I was talking about Scientology. Like the story's crazy, but he took a story of humanity and then – and then made it unique into his 
position that L. Ron Hubbard, which make makes it believable because it's humanity's yeah. story, but it's the details in between are wild and crazy because they're his. His story isn't far off from humanity's story. I truly believe that, you know, I mean, all of religion is really man-made. Um, and the, the bottom line is that inherent through all of it is this, the spirituality, if you will, um, or if there's a different word you would use, but that it's what ties everything together. It's the truth behind it. You could use, mm-hmm. you know, Christianity or Catholicism to kill people in, in the name of, you know, God. But if, if God is infinite love, that would not be a choice he would make. Um, we, there's, there's always choice and there's always ways of perceiving things and bending things to go to your belief system. And so, you know, I have, in the way that I look at everything, everyone's belief, everyone's religion, or um, if they're an atheist or whatever that is, there are reasons there in uh, they believe that and it serves them. And that's all that's important. This whole thing of telling somebody they're wrong, it's like we live our own lives. We don't even know our own journeys half the time. We have There's nothing for us to say about somebody else's journey um, and, and how they came to that. You know what I mean? There's, I believe that we, if we came more from understanding, people would listen to each other more instead of throwing things back and forth with, well, that's this and that's it. You know what I mean? It, it, people, if they take in information and then from that information, they decipher it and they go, well, you know, I've taken that in and this is how I feel. This is my intuition. This is my feeling. On it. And that's where they go with it. And there is no right or wrong. Um, and everything is a vibration. You know, you have things that are a lower lower or higher frequency, depending on what you're doing. The more you're in integrity, the higher the frequency. The, the less you are in integrity, the lower it is. So is there good or bad? Well, in a world of polarity and duality, yes, there is. Uh, people use those words. But I like to look at it as choices. And we can always choose again. So I'll leave that part of that. Then the other part that you were asking about, um, as far as the meditation, um, me, I'm also super ADD. If if the time I was younger, they had that label around, I would have so been ADD. Um, and for me, when I first started all this stuff, I could not sit and meditate to save my life. I would even put on a timer in the kitchen, like for five minutes. My brain would not shut up. I couldn't. I. It was so hard to ask me to sit still to do something like that. But it was also an excuse for me to not go inside, which I did for a very long time. Um, and so little by little and by, you know, practicing, I could start to quiet myself a little bit more. Um, I started to learn about things like, so here, here's an example. I had just learned at that point about that we have spirit guides, we have guardians, we have, and if you think about it, like when people pass away, right, and people talk about how they got a sign that, their loved one, like, um, did something, left a message, left a sign, or there was a, a, a smell of their perfume in the room, or, you know what I mean? Like, they're with them. Yeah. Okay, that idea. So, that we are, that we're not here by ourselves. We have guides and guardians. We have creator. We have all these things. Um, this was new to me, and I had gone to somebody to tell me a little bit about mine. I was like, ah, I didn't know anything. So, I was told that, um, one of my guides is, uh, her name is Little Raven. She's Native American. She blah, blah, blah. So he gives me all the details about her. Two weeks later, 
my son, the one I was telling you about before, did a lot of, of sleepwalk. This time, when he did sleepwalking, and um, it was the next morning he remembered, he was saying that he had visited all of our spirit guides. It was the first time I had him. He, I heard him talk about it. Mm. And he literally described mine to a T. He said, you know, she's swimming above your head, about a foot above your head, and she has her arms crossed. She has, like, you know, a feather in her hair. She's got the braids coming down, and she's, you know, wearing, like, an Indian outfit. And so he's telling me this. And I had not said anything to anybody about the skirt guide thing because I thought people would think I was crazy. So it was interesting for him to see mine, and then he also described the spirit guides for the rest of the family in addition. So that made me kind of go, hmm. Maybe there's more to this than I. So then I had learned about that we could have a master protector. We have a guardian who has never been um, incarnated on the earth plane before. And there's a lot of things different people say. You know, we incarnate with 47 guys and guardians, and seven of them at any given time are stepping forward depending on what phase of your journey you're on. And there's a lot of different things people say. So I, I just gone. on that, I have a question because so if you, if you, like, if you come from another planet, are you also, um, like, could you also be a spirit guide, whether it be at the same time on a different realm, or whether it be at a different time and perhaps a different lifetime? My understanding is that we don't have all of us, all of our spirit, our energy, our essence, our soul, whatever you want to call that with us because we can be in multiple places at the same time and we have a lot. So we bring with us what we need for whatever we set up before we came here. There's some really fascinating books too on, on this subject if anybody wants to read it. So yeah. um, and I get visuals. Like some people are more feelers. You know, we all have different kinds of intuition. You know, we mm -hmm. feel, we know, we hear, we see in our mind's eye. Some yeah. people smell, some people taste, some people touch, and then they get all this information. So depending on which of those, and they call them clairs, you know, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clair, you know, all those things. So depending on which clairs are more um, present or are more utilized, those are stronger. So that's where you start. And then you can strengthen the other clairs to continue getting more information and clarity and to, um, you know, continue on your journey. Now, for some people, this is not something they want to do. They they believe in God, and they pray. And when they, you know, when they pray, miracles happen, because they're still connected. The whole idea is to just be connected to that that truth, to that, that energy of the universe, that power that is, that can bring you everything. There is no limit. And so... The, the important things, no matter what you believe, and all the stuff I say, people can say, that's a crockahooey. That's fine. The, the bottom line is people are connected, and everybody has a different way of, of achieving what that is. And whatever that is, there is no wrong and there is no right. My way is not, is not the right way. It's what's right for me. And that's, you know, again, it's very important to understand that there's nothing about this to be divided. There's just, this is what's worked for me. If it resonates, or if there's something in there you want to learn more about, here. And then you, it, it's a, it's um, planting some seeds, throwing out the crumbs, and and then if if something is interest, 
then that person can delve in farther, you know. But there is no mudslinging and however people make that connection is what is right for them. There's no judgment, any of that. Just like if people, you know, want to call me names or think that I'm crazy, that's fine. You know, I'm I'm doing my life. I'm doing what I know. I'm doing what I've been led to do. As crazy as it is to, to actually be on this podcast and actually say it out loud, you know, it's yeah. easy to do when I'm just by myself in my house and my family understands how I work and it's just, it is what it is, you know, but to actually say it, sure, there's going to be people who think I'm not. Well, and and you're not the, but, and, you know, we, I think sometimes we segregate people when we hear them speak their truth, especially when it's newer information. And oftentimes, especially if you look out at history, people that progressed us spiritually, you know, they were always initially looked upon with judgment because it was new. It was out of, out it of challenged the ideas. Yeah. It challenged yeah. what's okay. You know what I mean? It challenged, you're challenging what's taboo. You're challenging, yeah. um, you know, a different way of thinking. There was a time where this way of thinking was normal. Yes, you know, yes, it's just right. it, it's just that we've come to this disconnect, especially in the in the Western world, from from ourselves, from really uh, getting so caught up in the doing, you know, of, and, and then you almost don't have time to enjoy the fruits of your labor because you're always doing and you can't just be and enjoy, you know, the house and the this and the that, that you have, and, you know, everything's always taking care of this and taking care of that and you there's no balance you know we just keep keeping up with the joneses and the, you need to have this latest thing and you need to go on this vacation and you need to have this in order to feel like you're a success you know and who made them boss i you know th those levels of success and what other people as de you know deem as success you know those things are great and there are people who have a lot of money that are amazing people there it's not if you have money that you're that you're, you know, corrupt. That that isn't the truth either. There is there is always an exception to whatever yeah. blanket statement is said. Always. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it is not the truth. There there is still choice. Everybody's an individual. You can't blanket that's like saying, you know, we're trying to put some kind of a handbook together for kids, especially those are like on on the spectrum, for instance. You cannot have you cannot compare one to the other. There yeah. is no box to put them in. Well, I, I, even going off what you were saying about the money thing, I, I mean, I have such this weird, like, spiritual crush on Oprah. For some reason, I've been like obsessed with Oprah for a long ass time, and Oprah. I, I just no. I think she's amazing. You get a car. I, you get a. No, I'm just kidding. No, but okay, yeah, but I mean, truly, you know, there's some, you know, people like to joke about her and stuff like that but like she's done some really awesome things no, she and I think, she definitely has. and i think so much of that has been um because of her sort of like spiritual background and the way that she's explored her inner self well she was also I mean, she, a first of her kind that was basically leading the path for a lot of other people to follow absolutely i mean people if you hate on oprah something is wrong with you and you need to examine yourself because okay so I, even I, that though is that true it's like remember that there's <laughs> levels of resonation right yeah you're there's right <laughs> and she, she might have led a, i would agree with liz she led a path but 
You, you can't believe right. everything that you think about a person. No, I know. I'm not saying she's perfect. I know nobody's perfect, but but it just it does bump me when people will like say things. But but piggybacking off of what Liz was saying a minute ago, just about the money, you know, even people that seem to come from a more like perhaps they're more empathetic or you know a little maybe a little more not to get into politics, but a little more like liberal about ideology and and such. You know, I think sometimes um, those people are also the ones that are sometimes like complete anti-billionaire, anti, you know, all of those things. My only point is when you look at um, people like Oprah and things like that, you know, she's a billionaire. And I think when she is led from a place of love that a lot of that money can be done well. And who you can't say are, that she didn't get compromised after all that growth of money no, and power. No, but, 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 but I will uh, agree. She led a, a path that gave opportunity for a lot more down the road. And well, who's to say, who's to say that the, you know, the government can decide better where that money goes than someone who is ensured there are corrupt billionaires but there are also perhaps people that you they, that's what they were meant well, to that, do. I mean, that's a touchy subject altogether on the money because it's like when you think about people with money, first thing is that they get corrupted by money and then they get involved with other people with money and trying to build those uh, connections and networks and, and everything else. So that part's touchy because it's hard to say who's doing the right thing for what. Her original conquest of who she was and where she came from, what she had, what she accomplished, is absolutely undeniable, amazing. But, she came from nothing, right? From nothing, so beyond that, we don't know, and we don't, we really don't know, because like, there's a lot that's going into Bill Gates right now and all that discussion. <laughs> you know, obviously, where he came from was Microsoft, everything else, but we don't know where he's at now. <laughs> I know that, that I love that, I love that we're like we're really on like a different we're like starting a whole I mean because but this is also like what's beautiful about this because we can discuss such an array of of topics and conversation and I mean even this look we're starting to talk about you know various things with Bill Gates and Oprah we could go I want to get it back to Liz but. Uh, even this, I just want to acknowledge this moment because I think that it's a beautiful thing. And I think this goes into the conversation that we're originally having. It's a global discussion. It is a global discussion. It's, it is the willingness to say, okay, maybe I don't know it all. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know? That's really what, what we have to get back is the humbleness of, we're, we're perceiving these people from what we've taken of seeing their yeah. life, but yeah. we really don't know their agendas or where they've came, what their agendas are now. And, and it is hard. It is hard to say. And everybody with money or people with money doesn't mean they're all bad. And people with money, you know, and have been born into it. That doesn't mean they're all bad either, but there is a collective in this world that once you get to a point, a switch changes based on the world that we live in, the society that we live in, that you get followers and people, and then all of a sudden your ego takes over and changes your original agenda, that is very 
plausible based on history as far as we know. But without with all that being said, and that, I know we, we, we tend to get off topic a lot in this in this podcast because it's a global discussion. And that is our main thing is that you guys can email us lostinfopodcast at gmail.com. You can come in and talk to us about what you think and that's what we want. But ultimately, we, we, we're trying to decipher this all with, with everybody else. So it, it's, it's, it's a major thing. You know, in this time, the, the, main, the main goal really is to get back to the, the compassion, the love, the empathy, the caring. Um, there are many who do that. And it's just, it's a matter that we together and it doesn't matter what side of the coin you are whether in in politics in in um religion and you know whatever whatever all of that is i honor what everyone's opinion is because it got there because of their life experiences their understandings their belief systems just like i have come to where i am right now um yeah with those with those things and there's so many things in this world that everybody wants to be on this side or that side. That's still part of the duality, the polarity, the competition, the compartmentalization. That is part of the world that we don't need to take with us. Because we can have discussions, but really listening. You know, we can have um, because the thing is. It, Everybody, everybody's voice needs to be honored. Everybody's voice needs to be heard. Um, and through that, as a collective, coming to a place of what is, you know, what is really humane. And even that, there could be a lot of difference of opinion, you know. But if people really come from love, there's a different kind of feeling. If people come from real integrity, there's a different kind of feeling. And some people might mistake what that is. When, when somebody stands in their truth and finally shows up and is who they are and speaks their mind or finally stands up for themselves and somebody doesn't like that because they're used to draining them of their power and it made them feel powerful to make them feel less. Yeah. That's another dynamic that is very huge. And so all of this mudslinging that goes back and forth about every subject you can imagine, you know, if we just came from the place of of the love and the understanding and the um, honoring of yeah. one another, yeah. um, and there could then come a point of compromise because people are being heard instead of just mudslinging. Um, it's, a, it's a very... It's a tightrope walk with how the world operates and all of the fear-mongering and all of the, um, you know, well, if you believe in this or if you follow that person, then you're this and I never want to see you again or speak to you. And that's fine if, if that's what people's responses want to be. I just have found that the more I stay in a place of showing up for what is for me to do in that moment, what is mine, and not taking on what somebody else is, yeah. then things flow, things happen, and then the difference can be made because I'm not coming from a place of of, of a fight. Yeah. Like I said, anything I said today, people could think that I'm insane. Well, and, and that's I, okay because they're entitled to that opinion. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just a matter of people understanding that we all have different views on so many things. The point is to be heard 
and to decipher instead of judge. I invite mm-hmm. people to decipher instead of judge so that you can come to an understanding and have a discussion yeah. by which then, you know, compromise and ultimately and then come. And ultimately, and I agree, and ultimately, this is the Lost Info Podcast. That's what it is, is discussion. And you can have your own opinions. And we, we, you know, we put forth some of our own. But ultimately, it is in order to come together and rise to a level of awakening and understanding. Um, I guess my biggest dilemma as far as even doing this podcast is that part of my drive is to out the people that, are misingenuous and not doing the right thing with their platform. So, and and in the past, that's a lot of the things that, that we'll talk about. You know, we talk a lot about histories and subjects in particular that might be conspiracy or might be this and that, but it's only from the point of view of, we don't know what happened then. Obviously nobody got held accountable, but there was things that were harmful to humanity that have still harmful today that that needs to be discussed and yes there's a lot of people that you know whether what they do or don't do we shouldn't judge and i agree with that it shouldn't be about a judgment but it still should be looked at as where do we come to the next point on not letting somebody get to a point where they're basically letting or manipulating the judgment of every other person in in the realm of media, whatever else that gets portrayed to them as this person was doing good or this person was doing this and this to get us to where we're at. We have to not judge, but at least understand that we can't go, go back down this road over and over again if we're going to get well, anywhere. Well, I, I, I agree with you in, in – uh, a couple of ways, but I also think, though, that we collectively choose what reality we are stepping into. And so, uh, personally, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. So, I think that whatever you are continuously choosing to look for, you are gonna, you are going to find more of. So, if we are always looking for the bad, we will find it. But if we choose to look for the good, we give power to it. So that is something that I like, agree on that. I, well, I'd I like mean, to interject too because yes, in yes. what I said does not mean that I'm talking about being complacent either. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I say that um, about the listening, okay, um, it's listening with ears that are are open. Um, but understanding in the moment when it's time for you in your own self, yeah. when is it time for you to stand up, stand right. up to others who have always oppressed you, stand up to yeah. things that are happening in the world that are making permanent changes for generations to come, standing up for, you know, but this again doesn't mean that we are complacent. I just, I want to make that really clear. Uh, We stand up and we show up to do what we came to do. And even if that feels challenging to someone else, if you're coming from a place of that centeredness, the calm and you are in integrity and you're, you're, if someone else takes it on as a challenge that you're challenging them, that could be their inner struggle. 
yeah. because they yes. they have an agenda. They might have right. something else for a reason to keep doing this and oppressing you or oppressing, you know, the general public or, yeah. you know, ravaging the planet or, you know, so there is time to stand up. But again, that's part of the knowing yourself, stepping into your power and doing what you came here to do and knowing in every moment when it's time to take action, when it's time to be and listen and, and reflect and, and then step into what comes from that. So I just wanted to. I wasn't trying to undermine what you were saying. It was uh, more or less from a personal point of view because I definitely try not to be the negative uh, voice, uh, especially on the podcast, but in, in life in general, it's just that my personality does come to question a lot of things. It's not from a point of judgment, more than uh, a point of understanding where we've came from, what we want to be, and what we're trying to achieve. So I wasn't undermining you on on that substance, just so you know, and I agree with what you're saying. I just want, it really comes down to, I want people to think for themselves and look and digest everything in a logical sense to where we can we can stop going down the same path that we have for a long 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 time well absolutely and jake you're you're what you were saying is very true as well i mean there is there is a balance because again it goes back to kind of the conversation we we're having earlier a bit where there are multiple things going on at one time so just because we we may be aware of a, a greater collective of what may be you know taking place on a deeper spiritual level internally, but that does not mean that we we stop calling out the things that are happening directly in front of us as well. So whenever I said that, I didn't mean to step on what you were saying at all. I mean, it was just sort of a different. Um, you know, a, a, a different angle because I think that well, they are a, both. It was discussion. It was just a back and forth yeah. discussion. Absolutely, and and that continues. That continues on because I mean, even within this conversation, you know, there have been a few times where I felt myself kind of like catch my ego. You know, yeah, and what well, I that's was what like, that's going to happen. Yeah, and it's like I didn't even mean. Uh, to, to feel like that, like, I'm like, you know, I get this little, the little ego pops up and I'm like, no, I'm going to defend my point, no, you know, and that's, or whatever. that's everybody, but that's a global discussion. Yeah. And Liz, yeah. I will say Liz comes from a point of genuineness from what I've understood already in this conversation Absolutely. that is very general, but you, you, what she's giving you as the, the fans that are listening it's it's not wrong advice because she's not no. really even coming at an angle that we are maybe more specifically me and Duncan, but as it is love and we do have to find a way to get back to that no matter well, what and, we believe and we have to get back to that. I want to just add on really quickly that with Liz, what she's talking about in particular, no matter what you believe, is a good thing to to strive to practice within your life because even if you just you know you're a complete atheist you don't believe in any you know you don't believe in anything you just believe the, it scientifically you know choosing to follow the peace and and trying to to uh, love yourself more I mean it, it 
is very clearly it very clearly affects the body you know so no matter what it is that you believe everything uh, affects us in various ways you know whether it be physically mentally spiritually you know relationally emotionally it's uh financially you know it it is still if it's good for you it's good for you you know no matter how deep you want to get into an idea or well, how your experience whatever. is your experience what you're trying yeah. to achieve is very important and i i there's no nobody on this planet that can say that you're absolutely wrong now should you yeah. research should you study and should you pound search it you should but the point being, and I, I think this is a great global discussion that we had because we come from a, a couple different points of view. However, we don't disagree with each other. We're just trying to put our own points of view and perspective into the conversation, which yeah. which is very important that we have that. And and ultimately, you know, between me and Duncan and and whatever and the fans, sure. But Liz comes from a point of genuine. I mean, knowledge of human beings, like ultimately it's your experience, what you're trying to achieve. And we got to get back to love. We got to get back to understanding each other and communication without hatred, whether what you believe or not. So I completely agree with her. My only thing with my personal view is that I'm trying to bring this podcast talking about, you know, unfortunately what's happened in the past leads us to think that it's going to happen again if we don't understand you know, yeah, and plus, and plus, plus that Jake, you know, he really wants to know. He really wants to know where his cousin Adam, <laughs> right? Adam, he wants oh. to know where his cousin at his cousin Adam, what planet he came from, so he can send him back there. That's the planet um, of shitbag. His <laughs> fu- fuck at hashtag fuck Adam. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But, well, um, there's the love. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be an ongoing thing for all of the podcasts. I think it's in every one of them. But we did talk about a parallel universe, and I had mentioned a joke on um, you never believe Adams because they make up everything. It so happens that I had a cousin, Adam, that is uh, a piece of shit, basically, and really everything he make, everything he says probably is made up. So it comes from a, a real place, but it's been an ongoing thing that I don't think we can avoid now. Yeah, so now you just got to listen to every episode, and then you'll you'll catch on to the jokes that we continue on as we go. And those are, those are the what makes the podcast genuine, because... Eventually, we'll probably have a T-shirt that's going to have a picture of an Adam and says "fuck Adams," and um, I think that that will trend. But uh, but nonetheless, oh. <laughs> nonetheless, it is it is a global discussion. It is from different points of view, but it's not disagreeing with each other. It's finding our commonalities in yeah. talking about it and transitioning sure. where people have come from where you know especially with with Liz I think that we I mean it to me it's it was uh, it was an emotional ride for me because I mean a lot of people don't get to experience things like that in their life so we're you know you know recap we're talking about her son that you know obviously a lot of people discounted as you know being a useful member of society or however you want to gauge that yeah. like she said money, all that doesn't gauge a human being, but what she gathered from that gave her 
insight to a new world, a new understanding. And that that's important because I think we've lost that not only in just from her life story, but our life story as far as humans. And well, and I think it's beautiful coming from, um, I mean, not to, not to throw any ages on there, but like coming from someone for me personally, who's from a different generation. It's like from a lot of my, you know, parent age generation, there's, a lot of people that age I personally have struggled with um, because it feels like, you know, like there's like this awareness that is lacking. And so there's, so, to me, this conversation was beautiful in so many different ways and, and talking to Liz, you know, it has been beautiful in so many different ways because it not only have I learned from this conversation and it's been humbling and I mean, there's so many great angles of it. Um, but even with, with that, it's, there was an element of like, again, we are all human. And so, you know, there's some people that even remind me of like a parent figure in any capacity. I really want to like shove in a corner and like, <laughs> you know, lock the door. Like I, you know, and it's sometimes I fight against, people of that age. In, well, in, I, think, I think our listeners know that it's things that you've said, Duncan, on your past that, you know, you came from a pretty rough past, uh, you know, opposed to a lot of people probably listening. And, and that, and that is admirable to me. And Liz is as well as you telling your story is admirable to me because you're giving people a perspective in this global discussion on perspectives on who you are as individuals yeah. and you're given bit of yourself, which is really kind of, you know, it's, it's actually more profound than people think that you're given a bit yeah. of you that you're not given to most people. And that already you're, you're leaving yourself vulnerable and you're leaving yourself in a position for people to comment and whatever else, but that, that's not the point. The point is that your yes. vulnerability is the biggest asset that we can have in a global discussion is that people leave themselves vulnerable in order for other people to understand different perspectives. And I do appreciate all that from, from Duncan and from Liz and, and all of the guests that we'll have in the future and the past all in together because the global discussion doesn't come together unless it's a discussion globally or from multiple points of view. So I do appreciate well, that. I mean, in any, in any form, if you are someone who is a seeker of truth, that is something that is admirable, you know? And yeah. so if you are in any capacity that you're coming into that, if you have even just a little bit of willingness to say, maybe I don't know, you know, I don't know it all. And, and I'm trying to find, you know, what is the truth? That is a that's an admirable quality, and Absolutely. anyone who anyone who is in that position, um, it's it's admirable. Uh, you know, even people that um, you know get like you know, for example, with my uh, not and we're, I'm not going to dive into all of this right now, but even with my parents, like we've talked about in, in various episodes, um, you know, there is. My father is super into conspiracy and very, you know, that's the very, very small percentage of it. So that's something that I, in some ways, pushed away from in a lot of, in a lot. He, you know, he had this, oh, I'm chosen. I was put here by God. Like, 
is sort of these me these mentalities. And so there was elements of um, that that I I pushed away from. And but what I've learned is that across the board, the majority of people that are the most reflective of of God or are the most giving of love or what have you, they are not the ones that need to say it all of the time. And they're yeah. not the ones that need to, um, they, they, they don't need to well, display those well, things. I've, I, I've said in the past that the people from love and from unique backgrounds or that are genuine and whether we're talking about individuals or deities, they're all the ones that have left this earth on a timely manner because it didn't fit into our unfortunate agenda of the world. But we, even if you're, you know, with Jesus or you're with, you know, the Buddhist uh, deity or all these other ones, they've left in a timely manner because they came to show you what it could be. And then that just didn't fit the agenda of humanity, apparently, over a lot of times. And, and so with, with, with all that said, I mean, we kind of went on our own rants, which we always do. I want to get it back to Liz because she's our guest. And so with that, I mean, uh, what would you want to give to the people as far as something that, that is meaningful or, or something that you want to have them take with them after this? I could give them a tool um, that um, they could utilize to start maybe bringing their power back to themselves if they have um, either given it away or it has been taken um, without their permission um, or anything that is, it's also good for if anything drains you, um, you know, like say you had a lot of things going on that day and you've given your energy away to many things, how to bring it back. Um, I could do something like that if that is of interest. Yeah. Um, I, would, I mean, I would love that. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, in this kind of creative visualization, just use your imagination. Um, you know, for some people, it, it's hard for them to see in their mind's eye, like, you know, when, they, when they're going through something. So, however it works for you is how you do it. You know, it could be something you feel. It could be something you just kind of sense, something you do see. I'm a very visual person, so for me, all of this is very clear in my mind when I'm, when I'm saying it. So you do it however it works for you. So basically what this is, is imagining that everything that is said, thought, done, felt, okay, from you to someone else or for someone else to you, there is like this, this thread or this cord of, of whatever was said or done or thought or felt, okay? So anything that is draining, what you can do is um, ask your body, Literally, because your body knows. Your body has so much intelligence. Um, and sometimes we just don't check in enough with our body for what it knows. So what you can do is ask your body to show you or help you feel or help you understand the lines of energy that are draining you from those things that took place that day. Um, you may not even know why. You feel a certain way. Maybe out of nowhere you feel sad or you may feel mad. And you're like, where did this come from? Well, you know, when, when we think of someone else and it may be, you know, with malice, it may be with anger, but it can also be, you know, with love and with kindness, whatever that is. If it's something that is more along the lines of something sad, something angry or something fearful, that's going to be a drain 
on how you feel. You know how people talk about, that person drains me, right? Have you ever heard people say that or have you said it yourself? Okay. So what they're talking about draining is like their energy that they feel in their body. They kind of feel wiped out because their energy is like out the door. So what you want to do is um, at the end of the day, like before you go to bed, first thing in the morning, or if you feel like it's, something's happening to you, you're not feeling really good, you can just like excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, <laughs> you're hiding, even at work. <laughs> and you can just literally ask your body to show you or help you. If you, if you don't see, you can like, have your body feel or just know the lines of energy that are draining you from anything that was thought or said or done or felt, okay? And then what you imagine is anybody who is hooking into you, you can imagine unhooking them from you and just literally give it back. You can just see yourself giving it right back to them. And then you can, however you want to think about it, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you can take out a little magic wand and you can make sure that the those lines of energy that were hooking into you, there's something at the edge of them that they can't hook back into you again. Or however you want that to look. But use your imagination and whatever works for you to have those lines of energy um, stay with the other person or situation. Okay? Then, for you, before you bring things back into your body, because... The energy that has gone out has been of a, a lower, it's been more discordant, let's just say that. It's shown you contrast, and you feel that contrast in your life and in your body. So what you'll do to purify it, just imagine a violet-colored flame, like literally right around your body. Okay, And that flame is going to, as those lines of energy are coming back to you, it'll just purify those lines of energy before they come back to you. So you just unhook from those other places, people, places, things, bring them back through the violet flame, you purify the energy, and really breathe that in deeply when it comes back, and then run that energy from the top of your head through your feet so your whole body has benefit of that being back. And that's it. It can just take a couple seconds. It's just unhinging both ways, um, and then you will feel relief from that because you will have brought back your own and you will have stopped others from draining you. People don't understand that they have the power to do that. They think they just have to keep dealing with it. And think about it. If you go to bed and and those things drained you that one day, right? You wake up the next day, you're already not on a full tank of energy, right? Yeah. So then you give more. More happens that day where energy lines go out or other people hook into you. And sometimes it's just other people hooking into you. It's not always you going out. Um, so then that day you go to bed, now you have less energy. You get to a point where you're giving so much of yourself away, you have nothing left to give. And this is when people have, this is when people literally have to shut everybody out because they literally can't have anybody else around. They can't deal with life. They can't, or they just, they're angry or they're this or they're that. This can help manage that, you know, easily and quickly and just be done with that. You can also, an additional thing, is to, in your mind, reestablish the boundaries you have with this person, and you can imagine it being from your higher self to the other person's higher self, for lack of a better word. Or if you want to use the words like your best version of yourself to that person's best version of themselves, even if 
you don't experience that in your waking hours, okay? So you can say something like, I can see that you somehow feel powerless and you feel you need to take someone else's power in order to feel powerful, but I am no longer going to be that for you because you have that power inside of you. And I am going to maintain my own and I am going to, you know, from this point forward, I am uh, done being treated this way. I love myself enough to, to do this for myself and to stand up for myself and be empowered. And I care enough about you to tell you that you have this power inside yourself. You don't need to take anybody else's. And you can, you know, in the understanding of that, you can bless them and let them go. Just let it go. When people drain each other, what ends up happening is there's there's this line of energy, right? Then it gets compounded with every time that same scenario comes up. And then you have a different relationship and that same kind of thing keeps happening. That same button grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you say no more. Are you unhooking? You're helping to undo that the button or the reaction. Because when you undo that, you're not draining each other anymore. Relationships change when you just do something like that. Sometimes they don't like it. Like if they're really used to draining you and you you um, you do this process, they might come back at you harder. But you recognize what they're doing. And when you keep doing the unhooking, they realize they can't take your energy anymore. So they have to find some an, another place to, to get that energy from. But it's all yeah. your choice. Once you decide to have the power, you, you decide to own your power back, then you have it. Surrender is almost, in some ways, is like surrender is the greatest way to fight. In some ways, is like well, it's, it is. It's that vulnerability that you, yeah that you're giving yourself up to. Yeah, you're you're allowing yourself to ride ride the waves of where you know God, the universe, source, you know whatever you want to call it. Um. Is, is guiding you and 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 what is what is the best thing for you I mean I had a friend tell me this several years back and it's something that I have really strived to live by but he said follow the peace and you know I think the practices the lizard is saying it's like no matter what you want to believe or not those are that that's gonna make you feel good good you know it's going to make you feel um at peace in, in some way it's going to make you feel better so it's like even if you even if you're not ready or, or you don't want to believe in this this kind of thing um it's still an important thing it's like giving yourself a gift even if it's just momentary even if you come back to the world for a little bit that you know you know even for those few moments it feels great for you to feel that love and feel that willingness to let things go and feel um, wherever it is that you are. Those are really wonderful practices to to add into your life. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. 
Yeah, I mean that was everything you said, Liz. Was um, was really beautiful, and I appreciated the conversation a lot. And uh, um, yeah, it was it was beautiful to listen to. It was. Well, thank you. It's so wonderful to to share and you know do this kind of thing. Absolutely. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I hope that we uh, have you on on some uh, future episodes, case files rather. Um, I would love it. I would yeah, love it. I think this has been a great little journey, conversation, discussion, experience for everybody. Uh, because, again, our podcast, it, it varies on different topics. It goes from highs to lows and um, sometimes depressive, sometimes uplifting. <laughs> but it's it's all part of uh, our experience. That It's it's just what it is. It's uh, We have a lot of bad that comes with the good, and um, these ones in particular bring us up on a, on a higher pedestal to make us feel good about ourselves and the direction that we're heading. So I, I appreciate it, Liz. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys, too. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and um, a joy. So thank you so much. Thank you Absolutely. very much. We'll, we'll chat soon, okay? It's a plan. All right. Take care, guys. Thank awesome. You. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>